0: Today is Monday, May 13, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of things to go over today. The market made a big move. A lot of stuff happened. We have a lot to go over. I'm going to unpack a whole variety of things. Everything should become very, very clear. A, what was leading up to today and B, what's going to happen going forward. So we're going to go over the whole ball of wax in this video. We'll discuss where the near-term downside target would be. Where is the next major area of support? And then we'll get into the type of expectations that we should have for what the market is likely to do A, in the days, B, in the weeks, and C, in the months ahead. Before we get really hot and heavy into this, let me first pause and thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. Before we get rolling, let's do a little bit of a recap so if there's some new folks showing up, they can get up to speed with what we've been discussing and then we'll go on from there. So basically, we were looking for a top in the market. Now, if you're just showing up today and you don't believe it, go back to the videos from the last several weeks. We were in the zone, meaning the time zone. We were looking for a top and oh, by the way, In December, in November, we were looking for the market to go down and we were looking for a bottom. Now we were looking for a top. We had something to trade against. It was the high from May 1. Now we're down pretty significantly away from that high. We're about 150 S&P handles already away from that high. That doesn't mean the market won't have some rip-your-face-off rallies. It will. We had identified a couple of important price areas, 287.75. We talked about that one ad nauseum. And if you just look at an hourly chart, you can see what happened at that price zone. The market went up. It bantered back and forth. It broke out. This is the hourly chart. Came back. It stuttered for a while. And then we broke down. Then we And we no longer need that. And then we had identified another area. So let's go back to the daily chart The secondary area was 282.50 down to 280.71. Let's discuss what happened on Friday first. So, well, before we get to Friday, Thursday, we came close and rallied away. If you go back to the video from Thursday night, you'll notice that at least three times, maybe even more than that, Every time I brought up a certain chart or a particular chart, I would look at the chart. They all kind of look the same, and I would say it looks too easy. I said that three or four times during the video on Thursday night. Now, this is important. What happens on Friday? Friday, the market goes down, and let's go to an hour. Let's even go to a 10-minute chart. So the market goes down on Friday, and what happened? We turned around. Here's 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, or 10.30, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. So in that time frame, the market starts to bottom out, and we have a very, very hot and heavy rally away from the 282.50. So that first support level that we identified and spoke about a long time before, that worked out to be true on Friday. What did we talk about before Friday happened? We talked about the fact that when the market gets down to that zone where those green trend lines were, that area should be good for at minimum, quote unquote, at minimum of intraday support or for at least a day or so. Now, what was that? It was at minimum of intraday support, but it was only a day of support. Then what happened? The market gets hit. When it opens up on Sunday night, obviously, we're always discussing China. Everything is wrapped up in a nice bow with China inside of it. So we're making a deal with China. We're not making a deal with China. We're going to impose tariffs on China. We're imposing more tariffs on China. They're going to reimpose tariffs on us. This is more kabuki theater. This is not the reason why the market's going down. The market was going to go down in this time frame no matter what. Whatever the reason is front and center in the headline news is a sign the reason because the market's going down. That's fine. We don't really care. Could have been Venezuela, could have been North Korea, could have been Iran, could have been something else. Right here, right now, it's China. China will stay front and center for a while until something else comes up. And what happens in a bear market scenario as opposed to a bull market scenario is this. In a bull market scenario, everybody just brushes off the bad news. In a bear market phase, the bad news becomes a pile-on effect and drives the market lower. So we've seen what we'll call a change in character in the market. Now the market's turned down. We have a very, very well-defined top to trade against. We made a lower low today. Let's go back to the daily chart and just have that conversation one more time. We made a lower low today. We closed below Friday's low. We had a nice big rally on Friday off the 28250. It was a one-day wonder. That's all it was. Now look what happened. A, we closed below Friday's low, but look what happened today. This is important. Today, we get to the second support area, 280 and we start to bounce off that area. But what did we do? We creeped into that area as opposed to Friday coming into that area and within about an hour shooting out of that area. Here, we creeped in and we just creeped lower and we got not necessarily or even close to the same type of rally off what would normally be an important support area. So what does that tell you? It tells you the market is likely going lower. It's going lower one way or the other. That's not the point. I'm talking about in the near term. It's likely going lower sooner than later. We're still going to have rip-your-face-off rallies, but also, and let's go back to the daily chart for a second, keep in mind that we're going to be a lot lower later than we are now. Doesn't mean we can't rally back to the 50-period moving average or even higher, but we may do that from a lower price. Those are rip-your-face-off rallies. Remember... In these type of markets where we've turned down, the swings get very, very large and wild in both directions, down and the ones that end up being rip-your-face-off rallies. Why is that? Because they're panic-buying scenarios, they're short-covering rallies, they're pile-on, they're I'm-missing-the-rally rallies, they're all of the above. So we have to be aware that when the market gets going, it can really rip your face off hard and fast. That's why we have to take profit on the way down. Talked about this a number of times. If a trader is short the market, by the time you get to the final target on a particular trade, right, there could be short-term trades, there could be intermediate-term trades, there could be longer-term trades. As you get to reach certain targets, depending on what type of trade it is, you have to take profit along the way. By the time you get to final target, You don't have your full position on anymore. That's not the way we trade. That's not the way the business works. Sometimes if you do that, you'll win big. But the majority of the time, when you try and do that, you lose the majority of the time. That's the problem. So what is the next major area of support on the downside? Well, there's really two. And it's going to depend on how the market opens in the morning. So for example... I'm going to give you the first number, but let's say we gap underneath that number tomorrow morning. Well, that number is off the table, and there's another number below. So that's the way we have to look at the market. One step at a time, you're walking up or down a flight of stairs, one at a time. Sometimes you can take two at a time, but it starts to get dangerous the faster and more steps you try to bite off at one time. Here's the next spot that comes out of the calculator, essentially, It's 278.50. I'm rounding the number. It could be 25 or 50 cents on either side. And you'll notice there's a 200 period moving average right below that. It's a little bit of a quandary. That comes in at 277.28. So you would think that if they're getting that close, they would come into the 200 period moving average. That would be the conventional wisdom thinking. However, how many times have you seen a market? on the first go-around, come short of a moving average like that, or a specific support zone or resistance area, only to hit it later on, but they come up short, that would be courtesy of the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. We all know that. So... While on one hand it's a little bit of a head scratcher, I come out with the calculator at 278.50. And when I say calculator, I'm using a variety of different methods to come out with the numbers. It's everything that's found in the course at Lazy E Mini Trader. I put it all together, and then I end up averaging together the number because I don't know exactly where to the penny the market's going to stop. Nobody really does. Sometimes we get it to the penny, but that's a little bit of luck involved, but we're looking for a zone 25 to 50 cents is a good zone when the market's wild like this it's a reasonable zone look what happened today let's go down back to the 10 minute time frame and we'll see when we're looking at margin of error for example i have 280 71 what was the low today Two seventy-nine ninety-three, almost a dollar it was really like an 80 cent margin of error 70 80 cents something like that And that's somewhat typical when we have an increase in volume, which we did have today, and we have obviously an expansion of volatility. Prices tend to spike through the target somewhat, More so than normal. I talk about that in the morning to the Inside the Numbers members because they need to be aware that in expanded volatility, while we're still going to have trades, we need to be aware that we might want to trim down our position size or we might want to widen our stops a little bit, but we need to understand these things to trade effectively. It never hurts to be reminded of these type of things each and every morning before we really get ready to put on our helmets. What's the next area, A, if we gap underneath, or B, if it's just another hard sell and we're looking for another support area or another exit on a short trade? It would be the 275 price tag. It's around another moving average. It's basically a low of a breakup candle. There's a lot of support at 275. Take my word on it. Now, there's support if we came into 275 sooner than later if we were to banter back and forth spike up, have a rip your face off rally that changes the picture a little bit but as we are now tomorrow, the following day the following day after that we should find some semblance of support at 275 again, at minimum of an intraday perspective but we could spike through it intraday, but we should find support around 275 That would be a natural area of support for the market right here. Before we move on to the other markets, I do want to mention a little bit more about the topics that are front and center because I know everybody's watching CNBC, they're reading blogs, they're watching other videos, they're listening to this guy, that trader, this one. It doesn't matter. You can watch and listen to as much as you want. I admire the fact that most people are trying to learn. That's the point. But here's the thing. You have to understand that this is kabuki theater. You're going to hear one thing. You're going to hear something the opposite an hour later. You're going to hear the market moved up on a tweet from Trump. You're going to hear the market moved up on comments from this one, Cudlow, from Mnuchin, from this one and that one. It's going to go on like this over and over and over again. And frankly, what's happening is the market is basically trading from point A to point B. Generally speaking, the market is trading technically sound. You can see when we identify certain support areas. We might not be able to say that it's going to be there tomorrow at noon, but we're pretty sure that we're going to get to a support zone. We're pretty sure that we're going to find intraday support. We don't necessarily know what time, how it takes place, whether it will take a half hour, five minutes, or an hour to find support, but we generally understand Where we're going to find support in this market. We're going to be right more often than we're not. So my point is there's a way to separate the Kabuki theater stuff from the realism of what's going on in the market every single day. Let's look at this from a perspective of an hourly chart And what I was thinking in real time. Now, you never know exactly what's going to happen in real time to the market, especially late in the day. So this is towards the latter part of the afternoon. I'm watching the market and I'm watching this candle here that closed. We had a nice hourly candle close at the 14.30 hour. That's 2.30 in the afternoon. So I'm thinking to myself, hey, we might have found a bottom Let's see what happens. Let's see what the next hour brings. Let's see how the market treats it. Not necessarily looking for a long trade, not necessarily looking for a short trade. I'm watching the market. I'm observing how it's acting, how it's reacting, what it does and what it doesn't do. So what I did observe is the fact that while we had a nice rally off of The bottom that it did find, it was lower than the 280.71, but the market did find a bottom, at least temporarily, and then it started to rally up. And here's what I noticed when it fell off. It was never able to get even back to the 282.50, which was a gap. So if we go down to a daily chart or up to the daily chart, you can see here that the 282.50 was a gap and the 282.71 was a gap. So just naturally speaking, it's an important level or it's an important price tag to the market. Just leave it at that. Let's just believe for a second that it's important to the market. So if that's true, if we can believe that to be true and we go back to the hourly chart for a second and we say, well, if the market couldn't even get back to the former gap that ended up being very, very good support, A day before, right, we don't forget about that. We see the rally that happened off the 282.50. So we opened up below that level today, right? The opening print was 282.42. That's not an accident, nor is it a coincidence. So the market gets slammed at the open, and we can't even rally back to the 282.50, to me, that was a weak market and a signal. I'm not saying to short the market at that point or do anything. I'm just observing something and I'm trying to convey what was in my mind at the time. And you all know about my mind. But I'm just trying to convey what my thought process was in the afternoon when they really came up short of that 282.50 And then they hit him a little bit into the close, bantered back and forth. Last 10 or 15 minutes of the day is just a bunch of, and get ready for the term, shenanigans going on. So you can't really do anything in the last few minutes of the day. The market's just going to basically settle out. Some traders are unloading positions. Some traders are trying to position for tomorrow. Who knows what's going on? There's a lot of activity, and the market certainly whips around a lot the last 10 or 15 minutes of the day. We're interested in the close and I'm interested here in the fact that they couldn't get back to 282.50. So A, it was a weak close and B, they couldn't even get back to an area. They should have been able to at minimum, in my opinion, of retest from the underside of that 282.50 position. All right, we're getting long in the tooth already on this video, so we have to move it along. So what we have here in front of us is... My favorite market-leading indicator, as you know, we're in Camp IWM. Camp IWM really collapsed today underneath those moving averages. Look what happened. We fought the moving averages, or it fought the moving averages, for a couple of days. And it was bullish until it wasn't. And today, the gap lower. Basically, it was nothing other than woodshed day in the IWM down 3.5% heading right to the 100-period moving average. This is not a strong market. This is a weak market. This is essentially a failure. So the market, at least in terms of the visual, looked like it was trying to break out, and the market failed. What we knew is that when the market turned, that everything was going to trade together all the markets were going to trade in the same direction. You were unlikely to see the IWM continuing up and the spider going down 10 points. That's not the way it was going to work. So everything was going to trade together. It was just a matter of time. And we certainly could have went higher. Market could have went higher for another week or two before it topped out. It topped out on May one. We identified that as an area where any trader would be able to short the market against the May 1 high. That's specifically referring to the S&P 500. And no doubt about it, it was not easy at the time because look what happened. The IWM continued up until the 6th of May. So if that's a leading indicator, isn't that telling us that the market is headed higher? They never make it easy. The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew are always out in full force, Their job is to make as many traders as possible look like fools as much of the time as possible. So my job is playing umpire, trying to decipher the markets every single day as best I can. Where is the IWM headed? Well, there's a big fat round number of 150. So you have a 100 period moving average down here just above 150. You have a pivot low down here that's at 148.41. So it's likely that the IWM will find support somewhere in between that pivot and 150. That's the likely scenario. We'll use 149.50. However, keep in mind, while this should be an area of support, nobody's suggesting buying the market at these areas. The market over time, and this is where I said we would discuss short, intermediate and longer term so in the longer term the market's going to be lower later than it is today and i alluded to this before we're going to get rip your face off rallies could we get a rip your face off rally from 149.50 in the iwm absolutely we can however we don't know that's going to take place we have to see those type of things in real time That's what Inside the Numbers members are going to get. As the market begins to get lower and lower, they're going to get more and more intraday updates, and they already have the important numbers and the bogeys for the day, the intraday bogeys. Those are important when the market is in a state like it's in now, and you're interested to trade the market. This is a trader's market. If you're in the trading business, this is the time when you either make it or break it. This is the time when you can make a fortune. This is also the time when you can lose a fortune. If you're trying to trade the market back and forth every single day, you're bound to get chopped around. You need to pick your spots on positional trades based on the trend. The trend has now changed from up to down. We talked about it dozens and dozens of times. The trend is your friend until it's not. The trend was up, 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 up. Until we put in a top, now the trend is down. Always looking at both sides of the tape. Here's the VIX, and we have to really note something because I find this a little bit interesting, a little bit fascinating, a little bit suspect. I'm not sure which one's going to win out, but we never made a higher high in the VIX from Friday's high. So I find that interesting. I also find it somewhat suspect. So here's what I'm referring to. Look at the spider chart, and you can see here that we're significantly lower than we were on Friday on close and intraday today. But yet the VIX never made a higher high today. Isn't that either a non-confirmation signal or one market's going to have to catch up with the other? So either the VIX will catch up with the S&P 500 on the downside, or we're closer than other people might all of a sudden think. ...to one of those rip-your-face-off rallies. I'll definitely be watching the VIX tomorrow. If the market is down tomorrow morning by chance... ...and the VIX is not making a higher high than even today's high... ...again, it will be suspect. So I urge you to watch the VIX. I think it's a pretty good indicator... ...or a pretty good leading indicator. Not necessarily all day, every day... ...but certainly when expanded volatility comes around... It's a good thing to watch for clues about what's next. Speaking about clues on what's next, how about down at the transportation department? What a canary in the coal mine. We talked about it at the time. I have to bring it up again only because I have to. The 24th of April is when the transport's topped out. I've been discussing the fact that this is a canary in the coal mine Not not only for 20 years, but as long as I've been making these videos on YouTube. So I've been discussing it, as far as you're concerned, forever. Would we naturally see support around 10,000? It's a big, fat, juicy, round number. It's also around an area of some former pivots over here. So you see this here. So that's right below 10,000. So on a naturally speaking basis, right? Normal garden variety market conditions, We might spike through 10,000 a little bit, but the market is going to fight 10,000 under normal garden variety market conditions. That's just the way it works. How about down at the financial district? So, before we were talking about the financials getting up to 28 and a quarter to 2850, they came close, not quite there. They also rolled over. And let's see, the final high was made on the third. Here is the first. We know about the first. And here's the 29th. So a kind of a tweener between the transports and the financials. And look where we are now. We know the story with the financials. The financials have to pace the market or outpace the market in either direction. So it's unlikely you're going to get the financials going in one direction, and the major market going in another direction. That's not going to happen. We know that. We talk about that all the time. But here we are into a gap, into some moving averages. However, the XLF was down over 3% today. When you look at my favorite market-leading indicators, you'll understand why. The IWM was down about 3.5%. The transports were down over 2.5%. And here, over 3%, so I think that's a good indication. I think it's a good leading indicator. There's more downside likely. Again, keep in mind, you will get the rip-your-face-off rallies, but there's going to be more downside across these markets. What's another good leading indicator is the SMH. It's a good leading indicator in the tech sector, which also got taken out behind the woodshed, shot three times, left for dead. The composite, the NASDAQ composite was down almost three and a half percent today. That's a real slaughtering. What were some of the numbers we spoke about in the SMH? Remember we talked about the SMH getting back to the big fat round number of 100? Doesn't seem so far off right now. We were pretty sure that we would find support at around 105. However, look where we're headed now. Right towards 100, you see those moving averages, maybe some rip-your-face-off rallies along the way. However, we're headed toward and likely lower than 100. Here's food for thought based on the weekly chart. So maybe we have another huge sell this week, the S&P. Maybe it's down another 100 handles this week, or maybe we have a rip-your-face-off rally. We don't know right now. Everything we know is what we know right now. But I want to point this out on the SMH because I think there's an important price level. So here's a breakup candle and here's the low, 107.48. On the weekly chart, that's an important price. So let's say for argument's sake, we don't know that it will or won't happen. I'm just saying that if we rally up to close this week somehow back inside 107.48, let's put the number on the number. That would be a positive, at least in the short term, at least based on the weekly chart and in the short term for the SMH. So think about it for a second. If we flush down and we recover and we close somehow the week back above 107.48, that's bullish for the SMH. If we don't, it's bearish because that was a breakup candle. So here's what I'm saying. Here's the other side of that. If we can't, Then we've closed back below a breakup candle. That's bearish. And under normal market conditions, that would be a bullish market in an uptrend. If it's turned down and we've closed back below this 107.48 for the week, you can kiss these moving averages below goodbye as well. So on one hand, don't be surprised if they make an attempt to get back to 107.48 on a rally. But we'll see what happens by the end of the week. We could be a lot lower by the end of the week also. We don't know that. Let's also touch on the bond market real quick because when money comes out of the stock market, we tend to see a squeeze down in yields and a rally in bond prices. The theory is money is rushing into the bond market. Whether that's true or not doesn't really matter. The point is the price of bonds are going up. But here's what I wanted to point out. Does anybody remember this from a few months back? Remember when we were down here at around 112 and I said anything around 111.50, even up to 112.50 won't matter. You can buy the bond market. You can buy TLT. We're 125.73 on close today today. Now, it doesn't sound like much when you're talking about a stock or, in this case, an exchange-traded product that was $111. So big deal. You're up 10 bucks. So what? The point is the numbers are the numbers. And by the way, nobody's saying it's finished going up. I just got finished talking about the fact that yields would probably go lower and the price of bonds would probably go higher. We talked about that last week. And here we are. We're still headed higher in the price of the TLT. So you can see this above all the moving averages. This is in an uptrend. This is the same discussion that we were having on the SPY for the last several months. We're in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's not. And that's about everything that I had and intended to discuss tonight, folks. I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.